Christmas to each and every one of you as we celebrate in this Christmas season. I want to invite you to join me in your copy of God's Word to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, and our reading will come from verse 6. We've been in this passage uh, throughout this series, Unto Us a Child is Born, and I invite you to join me once again there uh, at Isaiah, the ninth chapter, beginning at the sixth verse. Thank you so much to our praise team and our musicians, media, and greeters as well. If you made your way there, if you made your way there, uh, you will find words similar to these. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the description that the prophecy has of the attributes of our Savior. And I wish that you would hear it again, that he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Would you just say that with me? His name shall be called. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Today, uh, we want to look at that third descriptor, Christ our Savior, being called our Everlasting Father. Would you bow with me? We're in your holy presence. We thank you so much that you've gifted us with the grace to be able to gather here one more time to celebrate and praise your name. Thank you so much for how you've watched over us and provided a way for us that we might come to realize your love for us. Now we ask that you'd allow your word to be a seed in our hearts and make our hearts receptive soil that we might produce fruit for your glory. That we might learn to trust you more and love each other better. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So many of you um, have, why, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that was quite unexpected. I didn't know that was going to happen. Shannon, we didn't plan that. That wasn't in the script. All of a sudden, I didn't know I needed help. And in the midst of my uncertainty of what I needed, help came anyway. I'm trying to just help you understand something as we look at the Christmas season. For that's really what the Christmas season reminds us, that all of us at one time or another were in darkness. In fact, the context of our text in Isaiah is that you have a people, actually the children of Israel, who actually contextually have found themselves in what Isaiah says in that third verse, in deep darkness. This is where they are contextually, morally, spiritually, for they had drifted away from God. And the result of that, anytime there's distance between you and God, you'll find yourself in darkness. It's not that God left them. It's that their commitment to God had waned. And so they themselves had chosen to disobey God. I want you to get this. So as a result of it, their enemy, the Syrian army, had come and surrounded them, oppressed them, and really was coming to seize them. And Stacy, as a result of that, they were at a place 
that they described as a place of sorrow, of, of darkness. It's like um, what St. John of the Cross calls uh, the dark night of the soul. And I suspect that Israel were not the only people who've had an experience with the dark night of the soul. See, any time you found yourself in a place where you are surrounded by sorrow, you've experienced the dark night of the soul. Anytime you're in a place where, where you're wondering what's going to happen next, or even if you're going to make it out of what you're going through, that can be described as a dark night of the soul. It could happen when a loved one passes and you're expecting them to celebrate with you in this Christmas season and you find yourself in a dark night. It could happen when you have a loss of a job. It could happen when you find yourself that you're a loss of a dream, that you're in a dark night. And don't get this thing twisted. Don't judge a person's season by their sight because many of us can make it look good we can make it look like we're not going through anything. We can, we can say hi and good to see you and God bless you. But on the inside, if we were to tell the truth in here, some of us know what it means to go through a dark night. Have you been there before where, like David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, everything around you seems like it's falling apart, and yet and still you're still here. Well, if you're here and you're experiencing that, then you are in the right place because there is one who sees you even in your darkness. I'm still in the text because Dr. Al, you know that they called it deep darkness, but there was a prophecy that said that in the midst of their darkness, light would come. Okay, maybe I didn't get you just for a moment here, um, but maybe you, maybe you need to come with me in the text because have you ever been there where by your own actions and your own decisions, you found yourself in a place of sorrow and despair? I got three people who going to tell the truth in here. Have, have, you, have you been there? I, I see you now. Uh, have you been there where, where you didn't know how you were going to make it, and yet when you least expected, God came in, intervened in your life, and brought light in the midst of your darkness. That's really what's happening. And, and in this uh, rescue is the promise of a deliverer. And the description that we have from Isaiah is that this deliverer, this promised one, will come as a child. He will be a son who is given. And the weight of the government will be on his shoulders. And don't forget what he will be called. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Because our Savior, our Deliverer, has enough wisdom that it, it actually outshines any other. That there's nothing that he doesn't know and his plans and his, his promises and his purposes are perfect. He's a wonderful counselor. And if you're with us on last week, we also covered, Pastor Jared covered, that he is our mighty God. So not only does the Savior has the plan for your life has the purpose for your life. He also has the power to help fulfill the plan that he has for your life because he is the mighty God. And now on this morning, we're going to zoom in on that descriptor that Isaiah gives. And he tells us that our Savior will come as the everlasting Father. 
everlasting father. Understand that 700 years before that angelic announcement to Mary and Joseph, 700 years before Bethlehem, the manger, and the shepherds, 700 years before the magi came with those gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, there was a promise that was given to us by God to let us know that the Savior would come and that his power would be greater than any darkness that we would face. He says, and today, as we zoom in, we get to learn that the son who is given is not going to give up. Uh, uh, Let me try that one more time. That the son who has been given, he is the everlasting father, everlasting meaning that he'll never give up. I hope you get this, that that his love for you won't run out. He's the everlasting father, that that his concern for you will never dissipate. He is the everlasting father. And I I get it. I get it because when we hear this descriptor, sometimes it, it, it puzzles us. It puzzles us to hear that the son will be called an everlasting father. Well, let me clarify that this is not a reference to to God the Father. We understand and affirm that the Bible has revealed to us that our God, our God is one, and he's one in three persons, so he's God the Father, God the Son, and God the... I got some folk in here that read your Bibles. And God, the Holy Spirit, he reveals to us uh, that he is the triune God. He is one God in three persons. And this text is not saying or equating in this context that the Son, the Messiah, is God the Father. No, actually, the Son is God the Son. Don't forget, the promise says that unto us a child would be born, unto us a son would be given. So what it's speaking of is the Son of God who possesses the attribute of a fatherly compassion. Uh, that he, he will love us as a father loves his children. He comes with a fatherly compassion. He's filled with the compassion of a father. And since he's the everlasting father, that means then his compassion is, I got somebody still paying attention in here, is everlasting. This is good news and this is why we're able to have joy because we understand that when we've come to know the Savior, that we know from the Savior that he is always going to be there because guess what? He's always been there. I'm in a text because the the scripture says he is the everlasting father which teaches us that the presence of Christ is pre-existent. Everlasting. He's always been. There's never a time when he was not. Okay, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but the Son of God did not start in Bethlehem. The Son of God was in the beginning. When he was born, he was placed in a cave. He was placed in a cave, and the manger constructed was constructed out of materials that he created. You'll get this in a little bit. He is everlasting, 
meaning that there is nothing in heaven or on earth that can outlast him. His compassion fails not because our Savior has always been. Okay, let me get my own witness from John. John says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there in the beginning, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Our Savior, the Son of God, has always been there. Ah, this is good news, because not only has he always been there, Nisha, it informs us that we can have joy because he'll always be there. That's really what everlasting is. In fact, in Colossians 1.15, the text tells us in Colossians 1.15, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, Visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Mm, here it is. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. It tells us that our Savior, the promised one, our king with the manger throne that we just sung about, that he has always been there, which means then he is outside of time. And if Christ is outside of time, that tells me that he's never out of time and he's always on time. I hope you get this. <laughs> that, that, that our Savior, he sees our lives from the beginning to the end. And guess what? At any moment in our lives, he can intervene in such a way that what happened to you won't show up on you, that no one will know what you've been through because God has his hand on you. Amen. He is our, our everlasting father. That there's no place where our Savior won't meet us. Uh, the Son of God, in all his godliness, was given to us as our Savior, and he humbled himself to be born in Bethlehem. He humbled himself and came to us so that we might be reminded that with him we have the joy of knowing no matter how you feel, no matter what circumstances may look like, no matter how dark it may be in life, we have the assurance that we are never alone. That means we don't have to struggle alone. We don't journey alone. We don't live alone. We don't suffer alone. We don't celebrate alone. We don't cry alone. We don't do anything alone when you have Christ as your everlasting father. Amen. means you are never alone. And as your everlasting father, he, he knows us completely. And he loves us fully that God will never run out of love for you. That when you are a child of God, then you are in the family of God. And once you're in the family of God, you're never put out of the family. 
Now, some of you right now, you, if you're honest about it, you're thinking about some family members, you don't want them to come for Christmas. <laughs> if they're in here, don't look at them right now. But here, here, here's the reality. There's never a time where our Savior does not want you to be with him. I want you to get this. Because in this season, sometimes when, when the night is really silent, sometimes we may feel like we are all alone. But here's the assurance that our Savior has always been there, meaning he will always be there. And anywhere you are, he is. I, I like that because when Christ was being jammed up by some of the religious leaders and they were trying to, uh, to have him identify himself and they were saying they were sons of Abraham, Christ made it clear. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Let us know that he is always perpetually present. I am is what God told Mo Moses on the backside of the desert when Moses said, who are you? And he said, I am that I am. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have the I am always with you. Which means he's just, he's just a prayer away. I mean, Big Drew, you might remember Hebrews 4 that says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. First thing I want you to understand, that the presence of Christ is preexistent. He's our everlasting father. Oh, but drill down a little bit more because when you see the term father, it also informs us that the person of Christ can be known personally. The person of Christ can be known personally. Because we were created by God for God to be in relationship with God. But our sinfulness is what came in and fractured the relationship. So God in his love, dressed up in flesh, came down to earth as our Savior, the Son of God, that we might have a repaired relationship and be with him forevermore. That Christ, our Savior, in our everlasting Father, that, that we, have, uh, we have forgiveness we have freedom. If he's your everlasting father, you're a part of a new family. And you're able to be with Christ forever. He doesn't disown us. He doesn't discard us. He doesn't desert us. He doesn't distance himself from us because he's a compassionate father. And it doesn't matter what has happened in life. Because when you're looking for the perfect father, you can find him in Jesus Christ. Christ said it this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father but by me. Listen to how the psalmist describes the Lord, our Savior. In Psalm 103 and 13, he says, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who Fear him. That our God is not an angry tyrant in eternity just waiting for you to mess up. No. Our God 
It's a compassionate father who looks upon you and welcomes you, no matter what you're going through, to come to him. That if you take all your concerns and all that you are and come to him, you will too know him as your everlasting father. The person of Christ can be known personally as our everlasting father, and he provides us with joy eternally. Now, this term, father... It's really everlasting father is an idiom in Hebrew because it also uh, denotes one who is an originator or a founder of something. Let me put it this way. Um, If you were to travel I-49 North going to um, Huntsville, uh, if you were to travel I-49 North from Houston going to Huntsville, about 65 miles up the road, you'll see uh, a 67-foot statue on your right-hand side. Some of you have seen it. It's a gleaming white statue, 67 feet in the air on a foot of granite. Uh, It is a depiction of Sam Houston. Sam Houston is known as the father of Texas because of his involvement in the Texas revolution. I'm trying to get you to understand something. He is the father of Texas. Okay, uh, some of you don't know Sam Houston. Let me back up then to the Declaration of Independence. In the Declaration of Independence, you have some signatures at the bottom, and some of those famous signatures are that of Thomas Jefferson, George Washington. Uh, you have some signatures, James Madison, that are at the bottom. You, you did take history in... Okay, they're known as the founding fathers of our country. Listen to the descriptor that, that Isaiah gives of the Savior. He says he's the everlasting father, which really better is translated, he is the father of eternity or the father of what is everlasting, which means then if you want an everlasting relationship with God, you just need to get to the Son of God who will make sure that you have an eternal relationship with him. I hope you catch this because this is why we have joy. It means that we will not be kicked out of the family. We will never be so far distant from the family that when you're in the family of God, you are in the family of God. Uh, He is our everlasting father. Through Christ Jesus, we can receive comfort When we we read, his name shall be called Everlasting Father. That we can become a child of Christ. And when we do, we are his forever. Because do you know that when you get to know Christ personally, your life is going to change? Uh, Has your life changed since you've known Christ? Okay, I got to pull my own witness then because in the New Testament, you have Saul who became Paul. He was on the wrong road going uh, to the masses. And all of a sudden, a light came in the midst of his darkness and transformed his life that he went from being a persecutor to one who supported the church. If you come to Christ, he will transform your life. Okay, I got another witness. There's a woman in Matthew who had an issue. That issue, not just one day, not just two days, but for 12 years, she had a blood issue. She wasted in all of her resources trying to get well and never got better but she made up in her mind that she was going to get to Jesus personally and she reached out and touched the hem of his garment and that which was wrong with her dried up immediately he turned her and called her daughter your faith has made you I'm trying to help you understand that when you come to Christ personally he will transform your life and that's just it you can know him Personally, 
you can come to Christ and know him for yourself. See, God came into the world that we might behold his glory. First chapter of John says that, that we in him we, ha- we have the glory of the Father revealed in Christ. That when you come to Christ, you're coming to God. And he is able to transform your life. But do you know him as your, your everlasting father? Do you know him as the one who is full of compassion for you? Because when... You have Christ, the Savior, described as an everlasting Father. There will be no goodbyes with him. Nothing in all creation will be able to separate you from his love, not even death itself. Indeed, it will only draw us nearer Christ because in Revelation, he reminds us that I am the first and the last, the living one. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. And Christ says, and I hold the keys to death and Hades, which then means that if you have a personal relationship with Christ, I want you to get this in this Christmas season. If you have a personal relationship with him, there is nothing else you have to worry about because when your father is with you, he's already taking care of everything. Did I say everything? Everything, everything that you could ever need. So we're called then to draw closer to him. Because the closer you get to him, you realize that he is everything. When you're living in a place where, where there's no peace, oh, he invites you to come. And experience him. Next Sunday, we'll, we'll preach about him being the prince of peace. If you're in a place where you don't feel like you belong, there is one who welcomes you to come to know him personally where he always welcomes you. He says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. He's knocking on our hearts. And he says, if you just open the door, I love this. Christ says, I will come in and I will have dinner with you. I'll eat with you. King James says, I will sup with you and you will be with me. If you ever felt like I felt before, like there's no one else who understands. Check out our Savior who's come and he said, listen, I am the wonderful counselor and there's nothing you can go through that I can't get you through. Wherever you are, Christ is the answer for you. And if we were to testify in here, many of us can testify that we were living in a place of darkness. We didn't know how we were going to get out. And yet Jesus, in his grace and his mercy, entered our lives, gave us a love that was unspeakable, and now it's full of glory. I, I love how my grandmother would say it this way. She said, because when you come to Jesus, he'll give you joy unspeakable. You may not understand it. You don't know why. You still have your right mind. But he has a way of keeping you in perfect peace, no matter what. What you're going through because you've brought it to, to him. And with Christ, you always know what you're going to get. Uh, how many of you completed your Christmas shopping? Notice my hand didn't go up. And then sometimes at Christmas, uh, depending on what your family's like, if it's like mine, Fred, uh, you get some things that you want. And then you get those other gifts that you're going to repackage and give to somebody else. Because you don't know 
what was coming. But look at what the prophecy, the prophecy gives us. It gives us clarity to know what we get when we come to the Savior. Here's the clarity. You receive someone who is willing to receive you. This is why you can have joy. You receive a Savior who said to his disciples after the resurrection, he said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. You receive someone who promises to be with you forever in the good days and the not so good days. You have a Savior who won't abandon you, that you could just come to him. That's what he's inviting us to do on this day. He's inviting us to come to him and experience the life that only knowing Christ will bring. It is a life of joy. It is a life of forgiveness. And I love this because it's an everlasting forgiveness. Lucas, that means that, that if, you, if you use all of, uh, all of the mercy and grace in one day, the next day he gives you brand new mercies and it comes with brand new opportunities. Of, oh, you, have, you, have you not messed up uh, since you've been here? Some of you messed up on your way here. Let's be honest about it. Uh, you were driving, somebody cut you off, and you messed up just in your mind. Uh, and yet God is so good that when you come to him as your everlasting father, he has enough forgiveness for all your sins. The Bible says if you confess your sins, get this, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's one thing to know the story of Christmas. It's one thing to know that God loved us enough that the Son of God would take on human flesh, be born as a child given to us. It's one thing to know that he would live for us. It's one thing to know that he would give his life for us on Calvary's cross because our sins had to be paid for. It's one thing to know that when he was buried, he rose from the grave, he resurrected, and he's alive forevermore. But the greatest thing to know is that you know him as your personal Savior. And today, I want to offer you that opportunity because Christ is still here. Our everlasting Father is here right now. The Savior has come into the world that we might know the joy of Christmas, that we might know the joy of of acceptance and, and love that only God can give. I invite you to bow your heads all over the building. Because as the Spirit of God is is among us, I want to invite you to experience our Savior. Experience Him afresh. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, search your heart. And answer for yourself, do I really have a relationship with him. Over the years have I grown distant from him. Do I really believe that God can love me like this? With an everlasting love? 
he does. And he's inviting you to experience his love. Father, with our heads bowed, we ask you to, to draw us ever so close to you. We know that there's nothing that you do not know, for you have always been, and you shall always be. Help those who may still be experiencing darkness to, to see you as, as their light of life. That they might have joy that can only come from you. That their lives would have meaning and purpose and they would be free from the guilt of sin and they could live life abundantly as your child. Help them to say yes on today. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand all over the building? Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.